Your grandmother used one, so you should too. Here is Bruce and Mark's guide to buying the best slow cookers. Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and we're going to talk about slow cookers today. And we're not going to talk about hmm, what they do. We're going to talk about how to get one. Maybe you need one. Maybe you need a second one in your life. Maybe you have your grandmother's and you need to update. Well, I think everybody knows what they do. They just cook slowly all day. So you walk in after work and your house smells like meatballs or lasagna (laughs) or chicken soup. Oh, mm. my goodness. Um, it Also, we should say right up front that we're saying slow cooker. I know a lot of people say Crock-Pot, but Crock-Pot is a brand, right? It's like saying, I don't know what, Coke for soda like we do in the South. Kleenex. Kleenex for tissues. You're saying Or at this point, Instant Pot for electric pressure cooker. Oh, that's a whole different show. We should do a show on that. You know, we've written a lot of Instant Pot books, and we have found now that Instant Pot has become almost a generic term term for for pressure cooker which is not the case no it's it? not but good for them that's that's like great marketing <laughs> it is okay so we have four things to say about what you should look for in a slow cooker if you want to upgrade if you want to get one um they are i love slow cookers wait we should say this I love slow cookers. When I met Bruce, he didn't know, and you didn't know anything about slow cookers, right? No, no. Jews don't know slow cookers. <laughs> Jews know pressure cookers. <laughs> mm. Everything in America is a divide. Anyway, Bruce didn't know. <laughs> but any- not the divide you think. Uh, any- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, Bruce didn't know anything about slow cookers, and I love them. And so I brought a slow cooker to our relationship 24 years ago. I love them because I think that they are extremely convenient. They're extremely fast in terms of what you can do in them. I mean, they're not fast. They cook all day. But the prep is fast because most of them are dump it in and turn it on. Yeah, a lot of it is that. And, um, you know, do I want to eat slow cooker food every night of my life? No, I do not because I do not want to eat soft food every night of I my don't want to eat any one particular food every yeah, night of no, my life. I, I don't want the mm. crunchiest fried chicken every night. I don't want a burger every night. I want to vary my diet. Yeah, me too. And so I don't want it, but I, I do love a slow cooker. So, so here are our four basic things to look for. Number one is durability. Oh, that's a big one. And I'm talking about the durability mostly of the insert. Yeah. Because inserts in the old days were all made of crockery. They were all ceramic, you know, glazed ceramic, crockery, and those things chip and those things break. And, you know, modern crock pots, ooh, I just said it, modern slow cookers, all of those... (laughs) You did, you said the brand. All of those inserts come out so you can clean easier. Um, But taking them out means you could drop them, you could chip them. So what do you do? Yeah, I think, well, I think one thing, let's say about durability right now is what you brought up implicitly there, and let's just highlight it, is that the insert needs to be removable. On the really, really old crock pots, I mean, seriously, and now I'm saying the brand intentionally. Actually, rival yeah, crock pots. And on the really, really old rival crock pots, the, the insert wasn't even removable. No. And so, I don't know, you wipe this thing out with a Kleenex and hope that your food didn't kill you the next time. Or you'd wash it in the sink and electrocute yourself. (laughs) So, yeah, exactly. So um, now modern crockpots, what you want to do. Oh, man, I said it, didn't I? Modern (laughs) slow cookers, you've got infected. We're going to have to have a swear jar here. and you got to put a quarter in every time you say the word crockpot. I think so. Modern slow cookers have removable inserts, and that's good. But remember that taking that insert in and out, like Bruce said, you can chip it up, especially if it's crockery. Yeah, and especially if you have a granite counter. Yeah. Because I think granite versus crockery, granite wins. 
<laughs> every time. And, uh, you know, uh, I use – I have to say that I make overnight oatmeal. I make steel-cut oats overnight some mor- for, for, for breakfast some mornings. So I put it in at about 10 o'clock, and I leave it for eight hours, and I get up the next morning, and I have oatmeal. Okay, yeah, I got it. And I use a really little three-quart – uh, slow cooker with a crockery insert with a pottery insert in it and I am always <laughs> every morning when I clean it out or I guess when I wait for Bruce to clean it out when these <laughs> <Excellent>. things <laughs> the story of my life yes when these things happen I'm always worried about that that insert because it can chip it you know I'm I'm, con- I'm conscious of it in a stainless steel yeah. sink that's so, what I'm saying so you can look for ones that have a metal insert now unfortunately usually only the larger ones have the metal inserts yeah. but still the metal Metal inserts allow you to do a lot of things. Um, you can take them out and put them right on the stove, for instance. That's a big So thing. you could brown in them before you put it back in for slow cooking. Um, you could take it out, and if it has a nonstick inside, then you cannot clean it with with steel wool. But if no. it doesn't have a nonstick inside, then you can clean it with steel wool. Right. So a metal insert is great if you could find one with it. And you can also, and not only can you brown it with a metal insert that you can take out, those metal inserts, but then once it's over, sometimes slow cooker dishes are soupy. <laughs> a lot of times they're soupy. And you can remove the insert with all the food in it, it's heavy, and put it on the stove and boil it down a bit to get a thicker sauce, which is another big deal. Uh, you can. So sometimes they're just ungodly soupy. Or if you're thickening it, too. There's no way to really get it to a good boil in in the pot itself. So by putting it on the stove... Not only can you reduce it if you wanted to just bring it to a boil and thicken it with a cornstarch slurry or a bourmanet or, you know, some fancy thickening you can. Right. Okay. So our first thing is durability. And we're, you can tell we're going for the metal insert. And we should say one more thing about metal uh, about metal inserts and durability and all that stuff. And that has to do with the lid. And you, we're going to come back to the lid later. But sometimes lids can crack uh, the old, old, old crockpots sometimes had crockery lids as well. Wow, as how old are you? I've never seen a crockery lid. That's true. They did. They had crockery lids and crockery inserts. Um, now, what you want to do is if you're going to get a glass lid, we're going to come back to what you want to look for in a lid, but if you want a glass lid, I think you want a metal rim on it because it doesn't chip as well, right? I mean, it doesn't chip as easily. Yeah, yeah you definitely want a metal rim on your glass lid, but if you can get a metal lid, that's even better. Right. Okay. So let's talk about size. So the crockpots come in a million sizes uh, these days. Uh, I said crockpot again, didn't I? <laughs> God, wow. It's really hard to break the habit of that. Slow cookers come in a million sizes. They come everything from one and a half quarts. I was doing a little research yesterday on this for this episode, and I found somebody selling a 20-quart crockpot for a home use. I couldn't believe it. I mean, this thing. That's when you're putting a whole lamb in it. You're putting a baby goat in it. I I, I know. I I, I was like, holy It's the Jeffrey Dahmer Dahmer brand of stuff. Wow, is that where you went? (laughs) What I was going for is I wanted to tell the husband of that family to just stay off her, but... Good Lord, 20 quarts. Anyway, so it's it's those are the big things. But we should say up front that almost all slow cooker recipes are written for five to six quart slow cookers. It's just, I can't explain it to you, but it's just the standard. A six quart 
slow cooker is the standard recipe size. It is. You may want to make more or less, but that's the standard. So, you know, just so you know, in all honesty here, uh, full disclosure, Mark and I wrote a slow cooker book years ago. And it's called The Great American Slow Cooker Book. And actually, it was a bestseller. It was, it's really cool. But we did something. On QVC. Yes, it was. We did something in that book that no one has ever done in slow cooker books, and that is we sized every recipe for small, medium, and large slow cookers. Yeah. So we did the math for you, but it's not just straight math. No. Because you can't just double a recipe if you're putting it in a bigger pot or have it. Because the amount of liquid changes, because food gives off liquid, and spices vary. So especially, especially in a slow cooker, you can't just cut a recipe in half. So we did all that work for you. And you can't also just double it up. Uh, Let me give you two examples of that. For example, if a six-quart recipe, let's say a recipe for a six-quart, takes two teaspoons of ground cinnamon, you can't just double that up for a 10-quart and say, oh, put four teaspoons of cinnamon in, because the thing will become ungodly cinnamony. It'll taste like a craft store in November. However, if a recipe calls for a teaspoon of chili pepper flakes, you want you want to use more than two teaspoons when you double exactly. it because the long, slow cooking degrades the capsaicin, which causes the heat. Exactly. So you want actually more. So we know all these tricks, and, and our book tells you how to do it. And that. also, the other thing that is not easily doubleable or haveable and all that are liquids because here's the thing. Under long, slow heat, right? A slow cooker works at a low temperature for a long time. And under long, slow heat, proteins like chicken, pork, beef, etc., give off a great deal of liquid, as do vegetables. Carrots leach liquid like crazy in a slow cooker. And so the liquid levels rise and rise and rise. Which is why you end up with such soupy stuff at the end. Exactly. And so you can't just say, oh, look, this one took uh, four cups, a quart of chicken broth. So therefore, I should put two quarts in a larger size. It Suddenly, you're going to have an ocean of slow cooker. And that, that <laughs> phenomenon of protein giving off all that liquid is why it's not so easy to translate a slow cooker recipe into a pressure cooker it's recipe. Because really I know in the Instant Pot group on Facebook, people are always posting shots of recipes they found for slow cookers. They go, how do I do this in my Instant Pot? And the thing is, it's really hard because most recipes in a slow cooker call for very small amounts of liquid because the meat's going to give off a lot. So you can't use a small amount of liquid in the Instant Pot. We wrote a recipe, and I remember this very well, for a a diet guru, and I'm not allowed to say who, but we wrote a recipe. We actually wrote a book for a diet guru, oh, years ago. And um, we wrote a slow cooker recipe as one of her recipes for her diet plan. And it called for, I don't remember, I think it was like half a cup of broth. And she freaked out and said, how can you only use half a cup of broth in this? And the reason was because the thing was going to go for eight hours and all the celery and onions and I don't remember what it had. I think it was vegetarian, but all the celery and onions and all those vegetables slowly will leach moisture into this dish until it suddenly has lots of liquid in it after eight hours. It's, It's astounding how much moisture and and then if you especially if you add mushrooms to something forget it, it mm-hmm. they just they just drain out in fact at this point the best kind of pulled pork in a slow cooker is just to rub it with a spice mixture and put it in and don't even add liquid because yeah. By two hours, liquid's out. By eight hours, it's swimming. By 12 hours, 
It's gone. <laughs> it's, it's the it's an ocean. It's the Pacific Ocean of pulled pork. It it is. So anyway, what you want to do is you want to find. Let's come back to what we're doing here. We want to find a slow cooker that is the size that you need. So if how do you, you know what you need? Yeah. Well, here's the thing: a six quart slow cooker makes six to eight servings of food. Just figure that uh, six to eight servings. So if there's two of you, you are going to have leftovers. If there are four of you, mm, if two of them are teenagers, you're not going to have any leftovers. In fact, you may need a slightly bigger model. It just depends on what you need, and you should gauge what you need. Now, I happen to think it's really nice to squirrel stuff away in the freezer and save it because, you know, I mean, we work hard around here, at least in our house, and it's nice to be able to pull something out of the freezer for lunch and defrost it and have it. So I leftovers to me in the freezer are a great thing. It's really funny, right? I don't like leftovers in the fridge, but I like them in the freezer. I'm not quite sure what that's all about. Yeah, I'm the other way. If they're going to the freezer, I tend to throw them away in about four <laughs> months, mostly because I don't label them and I have no idea what they are, right. and I can't smell them when they're frozen. So That's a whole nother matter. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we should say we should take a little break right now and say hey, hey this podcast needs you it needs you to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and the more subscribers we get then the more subscribers we get <laughs> makes no sense okay and it's like my not marking things that go in the freezer. yeah and okay while you're on this this jag here don't forget to rate this podcast uh the ratings really help us in google analytics We're working hard here you do a little work and help us that would be mucho appreciated if you could give us a rating and if not hey keep listening it's good just subscribe because we're moving on with slow cookers to our Reason third category what is it that is look for one with multiple settings yeah this is a big deal it used to be that that the old crock pots. Now I'm going back to the ceramic lid thing. <laughs> they were just plug it in and turn it on. And oh, that, just on, that, yes. It was and on. Then, and then they went to on low and on high. Yeah, that was the big innovation was low and high. So now there's many more settings on on big well, on slow cookers, right? Yeah, they have keep warm settings. They have simmer settings. They have low and super low. Um, they, but the most important settings that you could be looking for are ones that say brown or sear. That's if what's you that have, about? That's if you have an insert that allows such. Yeah, things. well, if it's a med, the metal insert ones often have a setting that says sear. Yeah, and that that again heats the insert up enough that you can actually brown a chicken breast in it. And the reason this is cool is you can brown a chicken breast in it and then just throw everything else on top of it, put the thing on low and put the lid on and let it cook, and then you'll. Have better flavor. Browning is always better flavor. I should say that even some of them, I think there's a KitchenAid model out there, even that has a buffet setting, which is basically a slightly higher than keep warm setting. So that, you know, if you're going to put out slow cookers, and I do this all the time, I honestly do. If you're going to make a bunch of slow cooker stuff and put them out on a buffet, then they can all stay at a mm, good warm temperature. There's nothing like walking into a dining room full of slow cookers. <laughs> I guess not. We should also say here two things. One, that the temperature, while we're here on multiple settings, the temperatures of slow cookers have altered dramatically over the years. And the old high and low are no longer today's high and low by any stretch of the imagination. No, the old the old low was so low that it is low. way below USDA food safety standards. That's right. It's almost sous vide levels of low. That's right. And so it is not used anymore. You, um, some of those old ones, I understand, were down at 110 and 105 Fahrenheit. I mean, super low which is why low. Which is why people would leave their chicken thighs cooking 
cooking for 10 hours. If Correct. you leave it cooking for 10 hours on low now, you're going to have mush pulled chicken soup. Right. Because low now tends to be 200, 205. It's really high. Yep. And highs are above the boiling point. Most of them are In 210, some. 215. So you're going to find... Fahrenheit. Yeah, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. <laughs> Celsius. 215 <laughs> Celsius. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, we're talking about Fahrenheit. So somewhere above 100 centigrade Celsius. And uh, uh, you have to kind of check your own model. But here's, here's one thing that I should say about this, uh, since this is the truth. Old slow cooker recipes don't work in modern slow cookers. And the reason they don't is just what Bruce said, because the old slow cooker recipes are put the pork chops in it and put the lid on and put it on low and let it go 12 hours. It just doesn't happen anymore. It can't happen anymore. Unfortunately, I know that's the thing. 12 hours, I walk out the door, I come in, it's dinner, blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, now low, those pork chops are going to be done in about six hours. Yeah, I think that's partly why slow cookers have fallen out of favor Yeah, because they've lost their ability to go all day, yep. but they really are convenient for a lot of things. Um, the overnight oats, it's worth having one just for overnight oatmeal. And the other thing I love them for is you can make polenta in just like an hour and a half without stirring, and you put it in there. And so while you're doing other stuff, you can have the slow cooker going at the polenta. So there are there are things that it's absolutely brilliant for. You just know that you that you're going to be cooking your chicken in four hours instead of 12 hours. And since we're here on multiple settings of browning and setting and low and high and wet, low and high now mean and all those changes, say something about the Instant Pot because it seems like this is an important thing. Now, a lot of people don't even realize that the Instant Pot, although mostly used as an electric pressure cooker, has a slow cooker setting. Yep. And it's funny because the slow cooker setting gives you the option of low and high. But having spoken with Robert Wang, who first invented the Instant Pot, he told me that after a few models, they decided that all the temperature settings on the slow cooker setting were going to be high. So even if you put it on low, you're going to get the high temperature, right. which is a little confusing. A little. So basically, if you have an Instant Pot and you're using the slow cooker setting, know that you're cooking it on high. Every time. Every single time. So if you're using a slow cooker book, like our Great American Slow Cooker book, you have to do the timings based on high. Right. And that's really important because high is very different. And that's why, you know, we write a lot of recipes for the Instant Pot. And almost all the recipes we write have a slow cooker option. Because, you know, I think, well, maybe you want to cook this on the slow cooker setting. Instead of 15 minutes for these chicken thighs, maybe you want to put it on slow cooker setting because, I don't know, you want to go weed the garden or go outside and play with the dogs, all that kind of stuff. Okay, that's true, but that means that the chicken thighs are going to be done in two and a half hours, three hours, because it's on high. It is on high, and it's not the same. And we should say something right here about safety. Uh, let's, let's say something about leaving your slow cooker going. Fire departments across the United States claim that slow cookers left alone can cause fires, they yeah. cause a high number of fires, they so they recommend that you never leave your house with an appliance cooking. I know it sounds wrong, right? Because you think, oh, but I want to put this on and go away to work and come back. I know, but it's actually just, you wouldn't leave the dryer on all day, no. would you? So without your being there, so really you shouldn't do that. We should just say, um, let me say something else about two more features before we get off this feature problem. There's two more features that we should mention, and that is that some modern, very modern slow cookers now have a food safety sensor built into them. 
and they will alert you if there's been a malfunction in the slow cooker and the food has dropped below USDA safety levels. That's kind of a nice feature. That way that you'll know that your food is not at a safe temperature. It's not above basically 140, 50, along in there, 150, along in there. And two, many ultra-modern slow cookers have a temperature probe. You want to say something about that? Well, temperature probes are really kind of cool because they could tell you when your meat is at the temperature you want them at. Now, you're not necessarily going to be looking for rare meats. You're not looking for 127 degrees for a nice medium rare. Meat that you want to eat rare or medium rare, like a prime rib, they don't belong in a slow cooker. Now, I know a lot of people talk about putting them in their slow cooker and their pressure cooker. But if you want to, if you want to do it, do it. But in my opinion, you're wasting your money because that's the kind of food you should, you should, you should eat rare. And if you only like well-done meat, then why waste your money on a prime rib? Right. Okay. So we talked about durability. We talked about size. We talked about multiple settings. And now let's talk about the lid. This is a very quick <laughs> thing about the lid. What's the most important thing about the lid? I like getting a glass lid because I want to see what's inside and what's going on. And I'm, I like getting a tight-fitting lid. Well, that's also important. if you're going to cook with a slow cooker, the point is to capture all of the liquid to stay inside the thing itself, right? To create yeah. this super humid environment. And if you go to the store and try one out and you see that the lid is slipping around on the top of it, back and forth and back and forth, mm-mm-mm, look elsewhere. Even worse, if you see that the lid has a built-in hole in it, and I don't know why, but some do, then you don't want that. Because then steam just <laughs> Wait, gets... that's, that's yeah, not some, what the thing is about. Some of them have holes. What? I don't get that. Well, go look it up when we're done. Okay, I will. Because (laughs) the point is that I have a tight-fitting lid. The lid should sit tight on the thing, and it should keep all of that moisture. And I know they call them self-basting or self-brazing. That's just the drips off the (laughs) inside of the lid. But still, that's what you want. That's how the slow cooker works. Yeah, some of them have holes in them. Yeah. Well, Bruce likes a glass lid, again, because he can see what's going on, which leads us. We're going to now give you three bonus finesse points. And that leads us to the idea of lifting the lid. He wants to look inside because he didn't want to lift the lid. Because every time you lift the lid, you drop the temperature and you must then add 30 more minutes of cook time to compensate for that temperature drop. If you're cooking on low, if you're cooking on high, it's about 15 minutes. But if you're cooking on low, even in modern low settings, Bruce, as he said, you lift the lid, you must add 30 minutes to the cooking time. Unless the recipe says, you know, uh, now add the juice or now add whatever Right, but is. then the timing of the recipe is inc- right. that's, inc- that's built in. Right. Otherwise, but if you just want to peak, then it's late. Yeah, exactly. Because you're going to drop the temperature in a slow cooker. You drop the temperature sometimes by as much as 25 degrees Fahrenheit, which is a fairly big drop. And everything is now off. And now the slow cooker, it's very slow. And it heats slowly. It's got to heat back up to the right temperature. Okay, what's the second point? Don't overfill a slow cooker. Never overfill a slow cooker. You should say as a general rule, when you start out... The slow cooker should be about half full. That's the max. You should never go above half full because it's going to give off liquid. Liquid's going to rise. It also, 
you don't get as even a cooking when it's too full. You yeah. just don't. I That's see these recipes. I see these. I shouldn't say recipes. I see these ads for slow cookers in which, like, there's this giant chicken sitting halfway up out of the pot with all these vegetables around it. And I'm like, how did you get the lid on the thing? I mean, come on. That's also like the, <laughs> the, the air fryer ads where the drawers open and the French fries are spilling out everywhere. Yeah, no, it didn't work that way. You have to have room. And in a slow cooker, what you have to have room for is the given uh, is the moisture to be given off. And if everything is pressing up toward the lid, then you're not going to get the, well, here we go, self-basting function. <laughs> in other words, you're not going to get the proper drips yeah. into it, which is all what you want in a slow cooker. So remember, don't overfill the insert. You need to use a recipe that keeps things at about halfway full yeah. when you start. The third point is high-altitude cooking. Yeah. If you live in Denver or other high-altitudes, you have to add up to 50% more cooking time. Yeah, you, you kind of have to experiment with this. It's based on what's in there. I mean, uh, certain things will take much, much longer. I have been told, and I don't have any experience with this, but I've been told that no matter how hard you try, you cannot get beans to soften in a slow cooker at high altitudes. But I don't know that that's the truth. I, I'm going to lay that Ooh, on Anecdotal a, journalism. Laying that right at <laughs> Denise Mickelson's feet. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm laying that at her feet and saying that that's the deal. But uh, if you don't know who she is, Google her. <laughs> she's a big food writer in Denver. But um, I'm laying that at her feet. But I don't know that that's the truth. I'm told that's the truth. But it is true that you kind of have to watch. But um, Bruce is right. By about 50%. If you live up in Leadville, Colorado at 10,000 feet elevation, good grief. What the hell are you doing there to begin with? <laughs> You need to. Well, I kind of like to live in Leadville, actually. Um, you uh, you need to add quite a bit more time. Um, pressure cookers are not affected by altitude changes because the lid is sealed and the pressure inside the pot is the pressure inside the pot, no matter what the pressure in your right. room is. Slow cookers don't work that way. Yeah. And slow cooker, the pressure inside the the slow cooker is affected by the elevation that you're at. And so yeah, so then it's hard to get the temperature up high enough and blah blah blah. Yeah, so. all those things in liquids boil at different temperatures it's, it's all that different stuff so there is our buying guide for slow cookers i feel like we're a little chaotic and all over the place but okay I'll no, i it. think it was a very concise I, clear believe it or not i wrote a script for this and we were supposed to be on script and we kept getting off script so it's the Dang. way it goes improv baby so <laughs> hey one more one more request go to facebook we have a group on facebook called cooking with bruce and mark Join that group. Get in the conversation. We talk about food. We talk about all sorts of things. So go. Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Subscribe to this podcast and go to our Facebook page. And we will see you. See you? Sure. Whatever. We will see you back here on this podcast in the next episode of Cooking with Bruce and Mark.